you mentioned earlier on uh, when you were chatting about that your your journey about you know you you've broken away from the tangles of the, the McCann name and which you guys bought in 2017, I think it was. Yeah. You know, so after reading the signatory, which is it's called the signatory, everybody, just in case you didn't know what we were talking about. Um, I can't help but think some, you know, some of those, some similarities there, Stu, there is, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting into the unknown and, and finding out, oh, this is not quite working for us. And uh, did you sort of use any of that to sort of like help drive this through or is all done before? The stuff in the novel is is not related to, to our, our recent events. But I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the motivation in terms of this this one the signatory it it's it's essentially a story about power and the way power is used and abused and so it's while at the heart of it you know is the story of sam who sold his agency for a lot of money to a big global company and and mm. and then and then discovers that they're, they're dodgy but the um it's also about you know abusive power at a, at a at a very local level at a regional level at a global level so and and it's sort of funny somebody somebody called me earlier on today and was talking about um something that happened to to her many years ago in terms of again an abusive power and things and mm. uh and that's there's there's lots of sort of smaller stories within the main story in the Sydney tree that that are about those those power relationships and i and it just seems to me like you, you, it, it, when you first go into business, I mean, particularly like as you get into a bit of a management role and you start seeing that there are people who will, you know, hurt and, and be happy to hurt somebody who has less power than them purely for financial gain. And, and it's, mm. uh, to be honest, it still shocks me when, when you see that and, uh, and and there are like the, the the story that this this woman who I've known for a long time told me this afternoon. Um, you, you you'd sort of like to say, okay, well that could never happen today, but it can and it does happen today. You look at what's just happened in our in Canberra in the last week, and you look at yeah. you know all those people who said, well, there's one thing for certain: we could never have a war in Europe again. You know, there's no way a country in Europe <laughs> would invade another country like that could never happen again. And these things can happen, and they they do still happen. Um, so mm. I think it's it's incumbent upon us all when you know whether it's it's in our work lives, in our personal lives, at the community level, whatever, to be sort of calling it out when when we see something that's that's wrong, and we see somebody you know abusing their position of power, like and. And in the novel, it goes to an extreme level. So you you know you have murder and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, but but and 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 of course, most of us don't encounter murder in a, in our sort of daily lives. But we do see. <laughs> I don't know, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, we don't too often. But but what we metaphorically see, speaking, yes. What? Yeah, and 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 a part of it is is metaphorical in the novel. It's it's the thing of like you know when you see something that's wrong, that you know is wrong, you know somebody's crossed the line, you know somebody's done something that will hurt another person. You know, often it's, yeah, usually it's it's not criminal, but it's still wrong. And it's like, well, what did you do about that? You know, and the in the signatory, you have the starting point where Sam 
is from from a from my point of view, from a writing point of view, he's deliberately quite passive um, in terms of the way he goes about life and things like that, because he's he's not been put up to this point in a position mm. where you know his world might collapse. In fact, what you've just seen is is everything's fabulous, and part of what you know I'm doing with the novel is is putting him into a position where suddenly everything's not fabulous and now even if you're someone who grew up in an environment where you didn't see murder you didn't see nasty criminal behavior but you know how how are you going to handle it when you are put in that position when you are confronted with somebody who you know is clearly doing the wrong thing and clearly harming another human being what are you going to do about it there, there are there are some layers in the story in the symmetry. So, for example, where um, the guy who you you thought was our, our really bad guy, and I mean this is a little bit of a spoiler, but but basically, when something happens to him, um, part of the the reason for that happening to to to, uh, to the guy you thought was our bad guy in the way it does is because. The, the, the point of that is, and it's and it's meant to be surprising and it's meant to be shocking. And part of the reason mm. for that bit occurring the way it does in the novel is because of the point that actually the 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 really bad guy, the guy with the most power, is actually not the guy who's getting his hands dirty. It's the guy behind mm. the scenes who's pulling those strings, and that person typically gets away with it. Yeah. Yeah, hundred hundred percent, and I've sort of I've I've seen that all the way up through. So just delve in delve into those characters. I mean, in the book, you you've really illustrated those really well, and I, I loved loved each one of them. And you've covered you've really covered a lot of human personalities as well. So and the traits and those those terrible traits. So an addict, um, a poor addict person. You've got a, like a wo- womanizer, you know, and you've got to also you've you've covered off that sort of those um other areas as well like a, a vindictive sort of scorned lesbian you've got an ex-con who i love by the way i, I think he's just like super cool you know he's like yeah. uh, and, and he reminds me of he was he's he is a account director in, in this one or, or account service guy but he reminds yeah. me of like a production bloke so yeah. he's kind of like a real all-round hero He'd, he would be a perfect sort of production person well, he, he's um, he's know. so so he he is definitely in the next novel too. <laughs> great, great, I, I great, I love him. I think he's 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 so cool. He's just like you know surprising. I, I had an inkling and like, oh, I was just what's this guy? He's, he's going to do something for sure, and I love him. I just I could picture him already, and like you'd be like you want to have a go and have a beer with in the pub. Um, all these people, if if you sort of you know, obviously it's like comics when they when they observational comics they sort of see people and they sort of they, they bring that into their act obviously you've had contact with a lot of these characters in your life so have you sort of like noted these things down or is it something that you sort of like just observe in any way and you, you put it into this into these people what what, what was what was your character build how did you yeah, go about so, doing so, that so so a mixture of things so some of the characters are close to to you know real people that i've known Little Ted is actually sort of more a, a symbolic character in terms of, you know, one of the, so so <laughs> we've spent a fair bit of time talking about negative stuff and the and the people yeah, who use yeah. power and that sort of thing and 
and the way you know like we, we basically we encounter these people who will happily do the wrong thing and, and that sort of thing and i think one of the things that's that's really nice and the, the saving grace if you like in terms of you know when we encounter these things is that thank heavens there are actually some people who you encounter through work or whatever who who are actually good people who who actually will choose to support and stand by mm. the decent person and will call out the wrong thing and and little ted is kind of the, the symbol of that and and i think I, it's I'm, I'm kind of glad that you reacted the way you did in terms of that thing where you you sort of thought oh you know i wonder if this guy's gonna have a more prominent role and 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 that sort of yeah. thing and and part of the part of the thing there is is the way i think is when you know whether it's in business or, or whatever when we're encountering some of those awful people that that we encounter you don't know that um that somebody good is going to stand up and it and it's and look i mean there are things that you know i've seen in my my working life where you know there've been times where a, a client has done the wrong thing and it's it's really interesting the way um you know, we, we, we had an instance where um, we basically said we, you know, we won't work with this particular client anymore. And, yeah. and, and, and over the years, I've seen a, a few sort of examples of this, and there will be people who you work with who sort of think, um, what are you doing? You know, like that's, that's money that we, we, we need the money. We've got to take it. You've just got to accept whatever that person's doing and things. And I think, um, you know, you have to have a line in the sand. You have to say, okay, actually beyond this point is not acceptable. Um, and mm. I remember the first time it happened to me where I, I remember there was there was a particular account director who came out of a meeting um, and she was crying. And I said, asked what had gone on and she explained. And, and I remember um, basically talking to a, this the some somebody else at, at, at that client organization and and uh mm. and i knew when i did that that there was a chance that you know it could harm us you know that that we could end up losing business or whatever because of because of that action because of calling it out and um mm. and it was interesting because at the time um nothing bad happened but later on um we did end up paying a price and the and that person in the we, we ended up doing that person changed companies we ended up doing a pitch and that person um made sure we lost that pitch behind the scenes so so never yeah. never being out in the open but secretly holding a grudge against us because of us calling out that that bad behavior years before and the, the point of the story is you know when when you're a manager um you have to be clear on on that that sort of thing of you know where's the line and, and do we call it out and the key thing there is is actually going okay i'm going to call it out and i know we may pay a price i know we may lose an account i know we may lose money here but we have to do this anyway because if we don't then what do we stand for we had a we had a situation not that long ago where where we did something like that and then later um basically a, a very senior person at that company um gave us extra work and so so not only did we end up not losing money because of calling out the bad behavior 
we ended up actually gaining business. And and that's a little bit the, the little Ted thing. It's like I, I didn't know the person who was the senior person who ended up supporting us later. And the expectation was at the time that we would we would lose money. We you know we would pay a price for calling out the bad behaviour. And to to my surprise, to our surprise, suddenly a little Ted came along. Little Ted being the character in the signature. Yeah, a little yeah. Ted came out of the blue and basically supported us. And um and and that's kind of the gist of the little Ted character. It's that that surprising thing just when you when you thought you're in trouble and uh, and there is actually someone decent who's around and and they basically they come to your rescue yeah totally yeah I, you know it feels like the the characters you know apart from poor old Chaz, you know um got what they deserved you know so yeah i know this is about abuse of power and um the people behind this thing it's also i feel it's like about justice and what you're speaking about now is about that justice and having to make sure that we we get justice for for this crazy behavior you know and i and I, I, I sort of took that as well out of it um yeah yeah first i mean for for sure and i i, I mean you know there, there there are deliberately a couple of uh, a couple of threads at the end that the left over where, where you know to 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 provide room for a sequel but uh, but all, almost everything is well everything's everything winds up in exactly the place that i wanted to and 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 you know yeah as you say there's there's kind of there's there's justice for or well there's 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 a degree of justice i mean not not everybody pays in exactly the way you might think they should or mm. you know somebody might go to jail yeah. somebody else might might wind up uh dying um, <laughs> at the hand of another villain but the but that <laughs> but, but you're right i mean it, and i and i think you know, I mean, I think as a as a as a reader, or if we're watching a TV show or a movie or whatever, I mean, we we get some satisfaction when we see justice done. It's it's kind of yeah. you go through that journey where you're seeing seeing you know justice not prevail, and then you know it's uh, it's satisfying if if in the end that totally um, some, some some justice does prevail. It does, yeah. I, it's also interesting. I mean, I know, you know, in a corporate world, Stu, that, you know, we have to really nowadays, you know, obviously for, for good reasons, we have to watch what we say. Um, we have to, you know, behave a certain way, which is, which is great. Um, you know, and um, I think with writing a novel, I would imagine you, do you let that all go? I mean, is it, was there some sort of considerations you had to make in your mind about, who you picked say for instance you know why is that a man and, and not a woman in your own mind and should this should i be should i be delving into um uh different sort of areas of of humanity um you know an express or sexual kind of behaviors and all those types of things uh, was that was that sort of like things you that whirled around in your head or you just sort of like just said oh fuck it i'm just gonna write you know this is, this so, is about so I, probably in between those those kind of two extremes if you like so so yeah i mean you you are you are mindful even even and and it's extraordinary even the way um language and attitudes can change in between the time you start writing and the time something comes out so for example there's an expression i use in the novel about um when they're at the drinks thing on the roof and and the, something about the 
gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. And that's what it was called at the time. And then between the time I started writing it and the time it came out, that changed. It's not called the gay and lesbian Mardi Gras anymore. So there's there's kind of little things like that in terms mm. of language, which um, which just, you know, you, you kind of, you hope you don't get too horribly wrong. Um, but the, yeah. I mean, that's that that's that's kind of a minor thing in terms of the men and women thing. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think that the the starting point is you're just trying to tell a story, right? So you're you're trying to tell yeah. a story about whatever it is that you care about, and then I think you 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 go back and you look and you go, okay, is the relationship between the men, the women, um, the you know the the whether it's different races, different ages, you know, all those sort of things that that could imply prejudice and and could imply power imbalance. You, you look at that stuff and go, it, is is it okay? Am I am I saying or implying something that that I don't think is right? Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, you just try and try and make sure what's what, what's there in in print is is consistent with your own views and and. And I'm sure there will be people who pick up things somewhere in the novel which which I haven't noticed, which are, <laughs> you know unconscious biases of, of mine. Yes. Um, but it's and and it's and it's hard. The other thing, I mean, I I'm not really doing it here um, because Sam, the central character, is you know is is not too dissimilar to you know he's, he's kind of he works in an environment like the environment you and I work in and, and things like that. So he's not too dissimilar. He's a you know white male, et cetera, et cetera. But but yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's sort of interesting in terms of the the appropriation debate that now goes on where um you know there's there's a lot of people who are out there saying you shouldn't be telling someone else's story. And that's a kind of really interesting thing where um you know the the and and it affects point of view because um i mean i think you know i'm reasonably safe because as i say the, the the majority of the point of view in this novel is about someone who's who's not dissimilar to me but but if you go too far in terms of whether it's sexuality or race or any other sort of you know demographic thing ethnographic thing then then there there will be people who will who will slam you for for appropriation mm. and say you know what right do you have to be telling the story, you know, a story, like, like, so for, for example, let's say I started writing from a Ukrainian point of view now, it's like, yeah. well, what right do I have to tell that story? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you, you think about those things, but, and, and, and that's, I, I suppose that the fact that I'm, I'm writing pretty close to home as far as, you know, <laughs> an ad yeah. agency in Surrey Hills, that, that, that kind of makes me on safer ground there, but it's, it's a thing you have to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 do you know what? You know, it's it's a uh, it's it's words on a page, and we haven't created the the series yet, Stu. We haven't. It's not on Netflix yet, which it, I'm sure it will be once you've done your other one. Um, <laughs> you know, so so what? You know how we all create the people in our own minds, what they look like. So, you know, Sam could be a person of color yeah, it doesn't doesn't you know like it doesn't have to be a white Australian I, male you know yeah, so yeah no I, I, absolutely I, I I guess um I guess where I'm coming from is it's it's like from the story it's it's clear that yeah you know yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not telling the story of 
an indigenous person from Uluru no. or whatever. You know, it's not it's not that. No, exactly. Sort of yes. Thing. No, because it would. Yeah, that would be tr trying too hard or something in this context. Yeah. It's just yeah, maybe, and 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 it's yeah. and 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 I also I, I I don't desire to tell that sort of story, which is a long way from no. from me and my background. You know, I, the, the stories that yes. I want to tell are stories that I feel like I've got an insight into it. And, and, and that's, you know, a bit like, you know, the business that, that we do where we, you know, that, that thing of trying to find an insight, like to, to me, everything I've ever, you know, written in terms of, you know, manuscripts and things like that, it's always based on the notion of, of having an insight, like finding some kind of nugget of truth that you sort of think, this is interesting. And, and if, if other people, you know, heard this or, you know, I said this, then, then I think they would think it interesting as well. And, and you can only mm. sort of find an insight in something that you, you know, you have a connection to. Um, so, so therefore that, that sort of steers you away from, from kind of, you know, too much appropriation, too much of, you know, going, you know, into somebody's life, you know, like a, you know, telling the story of an in indigenous North American or something, you know, like that's clearly not <laughs> my background. Yeah. It's clearly something I've got no insight into. Whereas yeah, no, exactly. you know, a, a, a guy working in that agency in, in Surrey Hills, I, I, I get it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You use some nice little sort of landmarks. Going back to Sam, the central person, um, we're nearly, we're nearly, we're nearly at the end uh, Stu's. Um, but I just want to sort of touch on Sam a little bit, you know, you know, he's, he's such a cool guy, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, he's great, you know, so is, is, is Sam someone you'd love to be or, or is he kind of like your alter ego, Stu? Is he kind of like this? Um, uh, who, I, did you, who did you base him on? So it's, it's, it's more, I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's kind of representative of just a guy who's, who's, um, who's basically, I mean, it, he's been successful relatively quickly. So he's, so the notion of, and, and to me, one, one of the things I do like about advertising is the notion that, that anyone from anywhere can be successful. And that doesn't mean that it's as easy if you've, you know, come from a very difficult background or uneducated and, and that sort of thing, but it still is the case that, that, you know, with with hard work, with a little bit of luck, and if you've you know you're a bit creative and that sort of thing, that that potentially you know you can do really well in the business because it's it's like advertising is is kind of a, at the extreme end of capitalism. You know, that at the heart of the business is mm. is this notion that you know we pitch for business, you win pitches, you then you you make money, people get pay rises, you hire new stuff. If you lose pitches and and lose a lot, then you know basically you, you have to let go of staff. And, and if you lose too many, then, you know, the business shuts down. So it's kind of extreme in that sense. And one of the things I, I remember when I first saw it in the early days of, of working in an agency, that notion that someone can go from being, you know, the absolute office junior to going right to the top, you know, um, I kind of like that notion. And, and, and while, for, for most people, the path is a reasonably steady one. You know, they'll take a few years in position A, a few years in position B and so on. It's also possible to move much faster than that. Um, you know, if you mm. just happen to, 
you know, you, 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 you work on a particular pitch and you win that. You then work on that particular thing and you win that. You then have your work, you know, win a car and gold, you, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so Sam is kind of representative of that notion of, okay, so you've gone into this business where, you know, you, you, there is the potential to be very successful at a relatively young age through, you know, mm. hard work and a, and a little bit of luck and that sort of thing. So it's it's that notion that kind of things have gone right, and and then the 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 idea. I mean, I th I think, and this this can apply to, to other sectors as well. But that that notion of you, you you have that success. Where do you what what's your ambition? Where do you want to get to? And for a lot of people who start an agency in advertising, the end goal they will think is okay. I'm going to sell it to a multinational. I'll make millions of dollars. And then all my dreams have come true, and you know the, the, the I mean, I think in reality, well, your nightmares start. Well, well it, 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 it's exactly, and I think um, while, while hopefully you know there are not that many people in real life that encounter quite quite such a bleak trajectory as as Sam does, but but the the idea that maybe that's not the end game, maybe maybe kind of making millions of dollars from a a sale of the agency you started, maybe that's not as fulfilling as as perhaps some of the other aspects in terms of you know your life, whether it's you know your home life, your work life, and and so forth. Um, and and for him, the other thing that's going on, which is which is equally important, is his relationship with with Lauren, his wife. So yeah, he's got yeah him. exactly. So in the early part, again, it's it's kind of a very typical sort of advertising thing where he's getting the success at work, but there's also a price to be paid in terms of his home yeah. life. So while I, I I think, you know, well, you know, you and I, any anyone who's been around for long enough in advertising, you know, you've seen those those people who've sort of gone, well, I, I have to prioritize my work in order to get mm. ahead, in order to be successful in my, my chosen profession. And then often, you know, it's only later on that they kind of see, oh wow, actually I, I I kind of, you know, I shot myself in the foot there. I, you know, I've, I've kind of hurt myself in a in a different way. Like I've I've kind of okay. I've now I've made a million dollars, but wow, I, I paid a price. And so there's an aspect to, you know, in terms of Sam's journey, there's an there's an aspect to the, you know, that classic advertising road up and 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 what are you dreaming of and and what happens when you you know you, you get to that point and it's like. Oh, it's not quite so rosy as I thought. Yeah, exactly, and it, it's it, it's good that you know he's he's given us a bit of a you know a, a, an insight, a lesson, as it were. Also, he's he's a very you know he's obviously neglected um, some personal life, and Lauren's you know again spoiler if you don't want to listen to this, <laughs> yes. Lauren goes off and she she has a one night stand and th and, and things like that, which is you know. And that's that's interesting as well. Sam's not doing any of that, which is which is great. So you've kind of like you know um, shown a different sort of side of things. But he's he's there, you know. He's going to forgive, you know. He appreciates what's good about life and and his team, and you know, and is desperate to bring that get that back on the rails. And and he's very you know giving like give, giving everybody that that money at the beginning and stuff. So you know, I think you know there's there's a I think hopefully there's going to, there's a Sam in all of us, and I think you know hopefully that you know this 
this guy, we'll see more of Sam, our, our Jack Reacher of the ad world. We're going to see more of him, <laughs> Stu. Well, well, we'll see. There's there's kind of a, a there's two different ideas I'm exploring in terms of the next one. One is one is a very direct sequel, and the other is is one where um, the the agency and some of the not all the characters from the signatory are, are central to to the next one. So. Um, I don't know which which of the two will get up, and maybe maybe I'll end up doing both of them. Um, but I kind of like this world um, that that's sort of being created in terms of the signatories. So um, I, yeah, I like certainly the idea. certainly some loose ends. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I think there's some fun to be had with uh, with kind of dealing with those loose ends. Yeah. So this is the this is the creative war room, um, Stu. So we and we like to talk about battles in terms of in a metaphoric sense, talking about writing, and sort of the, the weapons we use to help us win those battles, whether it's you know pitches, whether whether it's like getting an idea across or a strategy plan. What sort of battles did you encounter while writing this book? And kind of like what weapons did you use to sort of overcome that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the, the the basic one is is um, trying to try, just trying to get something into a good enough shape whereby you know a publisher will will buy it, and um, so it's it's not it's not kind of so much the you know guns and knives and, and things like that. It's not it's not that kind of thing. It's more a, a thing about grit and um, and. It's funny. I did uh, I did a, a radio interview the other day with um, with Jonah Jenkins, who's got a novel out with Alan Arman called uh, called How, How to Kill a Client, which is kind of <laughs> weird in the context of this. <laughs> I was telling you earlier, but, but for her, so she she worked in a law firm, and uh, and and her her novel is set in the, in a big Brisbane law firm. But the the it, it's it's kind of interesting. She was talking about her journey and and. And the fact, like all the publishers who rejected her initially, um, because like my novel, hers was set in a in a city corporate environment where after the dry, all the publishers were sort of saying, "Yeah, we kind of want where, where's your rural setting?" You know, <laughs> they all wanted that that kind of something similar, which is like what happens with uh, with Hollywood. You yeah, know, you kind of have a hit, and then. The, the the Hollywood producers kind of go okay well you know it's like you know Star Wars is a hit then then I mean certainly the next one's got to be set in space you know we, that, that, if if you're not set in space don't talk to me you know and it's and there's a bit of that that kind of thing that goes on so so you're and I, and I think you know the the way I feel about writing a novel is is much like I ended up feeling in terms of writing songs which is you've got to do something which you like and you believe in and that sort of thing. And then, you know, maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe never, a, a, you know, a publisher will buy it, but you, you, you have mm. to, you have to just keep going and keep trying. And, uh, you know, ho hopefully because this one's out there and it's getting good reviews and things like that, it'll be, be a bit easier next time, but certainly yeah. in terms of where, where, where was the battle at that? I mean, that's the battle finding a publisher, and and and, I mean, feeling like you've got something in good enough shape to to, to go out there and uh, and you know one one of the things what what actually happened with this publisher he said uh, look I, his initial thing was I'm interested but I'd I'd need you to do 
quite a bit of rewriting. And, and I remember he said, he said uh, it was initially written in the first person. He said, you know, could you change it to third person? And I was like, oh, no, that's so much work. And then, and then, <laughs> it, and then I started doing it. And it was like, oh, no, he was right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah. and he was right. And, you know, his, his suggestions, and there were a bunch of others, made the novel much better and again that's that's part of that process and it's and it's part of the part of the battle to get something into good enough shape so that you know a, a publisher will be happy with it and then ultimately you know there'll there'll be an audience for it yeah well it well, certainly is um two more questions mate and we're and we're, we're nearly done Oscar Wilde said, anything worth attaining is worth fighting for. What do you think is worth fighting for in terms of running an agency? Um, just just trying to trying to do good work and trying to look after your people. I mean, that's that's it mm. for me. I, I'm I'm sort of pretty basic. Um, so you have lots of people who, who write, like to have long manifestos and things like that. But for us, it, it's always just been about the work and the people and uh, and that was an interesting thing when when we were changing the name of McCann Health to Ward Seven. Um, you know, there were people who were sort of asking, you know, but what, you know, what are we going to do without the McCann Health name? Blah blah blah. I was saying, look, in my experience, for 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 the for the staff and for clients, it's like it's about the work, and it's about the people. That whether you've got mm -hmm. you know twenty three thousand people in you know, the United States, in Latin America, in Europe, whatever. Yeah, I mean, an Australian client is not that fussed about that. It's like what they want to know is that I've got really good people working on my business here now yeah. on my account. And uh, and so it's 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 the work and it's the people. That, that's what's worth fighting for. 100%. Love it, love it. And as, as a CEO uh, of Ward 6 and Ward 7 and the author of The Signatory, do you have like a battle cry that you use yourself or you say to your your agencies? Um, no, <laughs> sorry, that's not really, that's, no, not that's good. Bad. You don't have to have one, but I'll just, yeah, no, I, it's it's not a very good answer but to, to that question. No, I don't think I've got a battle cry, but but I do. I I I, I simply stick to that notion that um, that you've got to be you've got to be into it. You've got to be passionate about it and. And it's it's the work that drives us. So just like I was saying, in terms of the the song thing or the book thing, where um, if you, I think if you tried to write a song or a novel to satisfy others, to sort of you know lock into a trend or whatever, I, I think that's that's a kind of that's the path to to dissatisfaction. Um, whereas yeah. if you can be true to yourself, that's something you believe in, then I think you know, however long it takes you to find success, you'll enjoy the journey. And I think ultimately you'll enjoy more success. And so that that does apply to, you know, to, to the agency life as well as writing literature. I mean, I think, you know, with when you're working in an agency, again, you've got to be true to yourself. And again, the way you, 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 you approach every brief, the way you approach your relationship with clients, the way you approach the other people who you work with and, and how you treat them. I think, I think that all applies. That sounds great. I, I think, I think just, just talking to you and um, listening to, to your journey, listening to how you wrote the book, um, what you're doing with the, with the, with the agencies um, and 
the song that you wrote that was on the radio, I feel I feel your battle cry is like no compromise. You know, for me, you know, you've you've had no compromises. You you've you've stuck to your word. You stuck true, which is which is great. You know, and I, and I feel you know, well done, mate. You know, well done for achieving what you've achieved and um, for writing this book. And I really do hope it it um, goes really well for you. Now, guys, it's called the Signatory. It's by Stuart Black. And where can I get it from, Stu? Any good booksellers and Amazon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the easiest is is just you know Amazon, Amazon.com.au. Um, but you know, it, lots of places. So it's it's probably easier online. So I mean, Dimix, it's and and uh, or yeah. the IP Store, Interactive Publication Store, or um, Barnes and Noble, and the international ones, Waterstones, all those sort of guys. Um, I think I just mm. saw it was a little bit cheaper on. Um, I don't know if it's called Books Online or something, or Books Direct or something. I just I just saw something earlier where they're 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 discounting it on some particular site. So uh, so yeah, there's there's lots of lots of sites online and uh, and with with in terms of um, bookshops and online, you can get you know you can get the, the the paperback or you can get the Kindle version or you can get the the audio book with Robbie McGregor's. Yeah, the audio book. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. All, all those and things. He's such a great and, voice, isn't he? Yeah, I love I love Robbie's voice. Awesome. And I've got a signed copy, by the way, folks. So when it when it does become super famous, um, it will be worth some money. So, um, <laughs> and hope, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go and look up look up um, Notorious and just find find that song after we've after we've hung up this. Uh, look, Stu, I really appreciate your time. I know you've had countless interviews and probably talked about this book. To, to so many different people i do appreciate your time and um as i said before you know you got you're you're an inspiration as as is ward six and now ward seven um and i hope that everybody got some something great out of this conversation so i really thank you Toad, thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure chatting as that's it was you know it's been a pleasure knowing you over over the course of our journeys and uh, and at times working with you so thank you so much and uh and yeah i love the the whole podcast thing that you're doing so uh so yeah keep going with it and doing such an awesome job we'll do mate we'll do thanks Stu. appreciate it mate thanks Toad. so i hope you guys enjoyed that and I hope you do buy the signatory from Stuart Black and make sure you follow the Creative War Room and keep on fighting the good fight.